Hey there, and welcome back to a new episode of Be A Warrior. I'm your host, Angie Huser. You know what time it is, don't you? It's time to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's get started. All right. Hey there, everyone. I have to laugh because it is, you can tell it's dark compared to my normal daytime um, episodes when I tape. Um, If you're watching on YouTube, that is. Um, If you're not, then you have no idea. And this just kind of doesn't even matter to you. But this is, um, I'm actually recording the night before um, I post this and it is Valentine's Day. So me and my mom skills of procrastinating to the last minute. I was running all over the place getting things for the kids and my husband for Valentine's Day, setting up a date night, um, all these things, and all of a sudden realized I haven't haven't recorded and I went to the dentist today. So it's been <clears throat> it's been quite a day and you can tell I've got still some sort of um, cold happening. It's been so frigid cold here in Arizona and it has been just rainy actually as there's a storm coming through right now and so you may hear some thunder along the way we just had hail <laughs> it's just absolutely nuts therefore i sound like i've got a frog in my throat <clears throat> and i apologize for clearing my throat throughout this program if i'm doing that um i'm, I'm so used to doing it i'm not really paying attention to it and if you know me you know i do not like going back and trying to make my broadcast sound so professional that it becomes fake sounding. So what you get is literally me raw, uncut, and straight through. Coughs and all. And it's funny because I didn't even realize I was doing this in this past week. I finally posted a video on how my skin fit socket goes on and comes off. And all of a sudden I did watch that one back and just realized how many times I was clearing my throat that I actually had to write on the video. Sorry for all the throat clearing. So my apologies, this may not be the most sexy sounding podcast I've ever done, nor the cleanest, but, and I'm completely distracted because I don't know if you can hear it, but the wind is howling. It's pouring rain, then it stops, then it hails, then it lightnings, thunders, then it pours. It's absolutely crazy. And I barely just got the garbage out to the um, street. So my apologies, this is just, (laughs) this is just a crazy, crazy night, but I must deliver. And I really wanted to get this down because what I have noticed and I took into account this past week is the amount of people, the amount of amputees who are either unhappy in the prosthetist, oh my gosh, the prosthetic they are wearing or the prosthesis they are wearing, or unhappy with their prosthetist, or both, or just unhappy in general. And, you know, I don't, I don't tend to put my two cents in on Facebook posts in those groups, because quite frankly, I'm not a professional. I only know what works for me. And I refuse to go on there and put out, well, you got to do this. 
because that worked for me, but I don't want anybody to try something that's actually going to hurt them more or not work for them. I don't know each one of your guys' medical conditions, and it's like pouring rain out right now. It's so funny. Um, and really, really windy. This is absolutely the craziest weather. I think it's in the 40s now, um, and yet we're mid-February. Normally, we're starting to heat up, and it's... And it's it's not even getting into the fifties right now. So glad I got the garbage out. <laughs> Sorry. I am totally distracted. Had a wonderful evening, had a nice dinner out with my husband and I'm like, gotta get it done. Gotta get it done. I owe it to myself. I owe it to people that actually listen to stay on task. So I am here for you tonight to talk a really important topic. And that is your prosthetist that you see. Um, if you are not an amputee, but this intrigues you, please stay, stay along, stay on board. Maybe you'll learn something from this. I don't know. But like I said, I don't get on Facebook. I get on Facebook actually just to watch what the concerns are, because that is sometimes where I get my best ideas for my podcast. One, because they are true and legitimate concerns by multiple people that are in my dilemma of being an amputee or becoming one. And because um, I can speak to some truth on it, right? I'm an above knee amputee. I have been for four years. And um, I feel like there might be some value in some of you hearing this. And I'm hoping get the gist that um, my heart, I bring my heart to my podcast but I also try to bring some humor because it is absolutely, absolutely crazy that I think that this is my life now. And, um, and, and yet I'm a mom and I'm a wife. I'm a dog mom. I have to take care of myself. I'm, I want to start a business. I want to help others with personal training and, and accountability, equine therapy. I'm in, in school too. I'm studying. But there is something that a podcast for me, A, it helps me heal as I talk through some of my own issues and the weeks I've had. You know, I usually talk about my week prior since the last podcast, but I also, without directly answering somebody's question or concern on a Facebook post, if they happen to be listening to this podcast, awesome. But this way I can clearly take 15 different posts I saw on this topic and lay it out here what I think more eloquently probably than I could sit there on my phone and type an answer that I think is relevant. And when you see some of the people that post on some of those, you may not even have a fighting chance to be seen as someone who's level-headed and not trying to give you specific advice because so many people get on there as know-it-alls and be-alls. And you got to be careful with that. It, just because something worked for somebody else doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And you want someone that's going to lift your spirits, let you know it'll be okay, but that it's, that it's not, it's your journey. My journey is my journey. What you're going to go through and what you are going through is only unique to you because of the way you handle things, your social circumstances, your support system, your physical health, your location in the world, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So no two amputees are going to be exactly alike and no two amputees um, 
prosthetics are going to be exactly the same. I mean, it's, you know, it's like fitting a pair of jeans. I might fit in a pair of jeans great, and my friend may fit in them okay, and another friend could weigh the same as me but fit horribly in them. It's, you know, it's like shoes. Like I tell you all the time that putting on a new prosthetic is awesome, except that it's like the wear and tear of putting on a brand new shoes and going out running in them. So I wanted to bring up this. I thought it was kind of funny, Till Death Do Us Part, as my title for this podcast, because one of the best pieces of advice I got was to go and interview several different prosthetists. And I have to say that so carefully. I'm telling you, my autocorrect, uh, first time I wrote that on my autocorrect on my phone, it did not come across as prosthetist. And I wrote it to my husband and he was like, excuse me. And I had to reread it. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, kind of changed the wording. I'll let you use your imagination. So pardon me as I stumble through that word four years still into it. And sorry for the really crazy <laughs> rainstorm we're going through this evening. So the big concern I've noticed lately is people calling out and crying out for help because they are hearing one thing or another. They're hearing good about this prosthetist. They're hearing this about this one. They're hearing this about this company and this about another company. And, you know, is there a good or bad? I do not think so. I think like how a prosthetic fits me different than it would fit the next amputee above me amputee a prosthetist is going to fit me differently than it's going to fit you ironically i love my prosthetist but he is not for everybody and he's really busy right now which is a good thing because he's busy doing some nonprofit work that we are starting up but i for where I was and what I was going through, I am so blessed to have David and Randy in my corner uh, from the Limb Center here in Phoenix. They have been exactly what I needed. I don't need someone holding my hand, but I did need someone at the very beginning before I even decided. I knew them before I decided to do it, that I was hadn't even, I knew that I kind of wanted to do it, but I hadn't booked my surgery and I was already talking to them. And as those months, because for those of you that know, I had um, the straw that broke the camel's back, the proverbial camel's back happened in the summer when we were in Paris and I got a blood clot and I didn't know it, flew home with it. Four days of being home, doing my normal routines, my pain management doctor sent me to the ER thinking there was a blood clot. I said, no, I know what a blood clot feels like. I've had one. And sure enough, I had a blood clot and it was in a different location than the original pain I was feeling. So it had moved. So that was what woke me up. That was the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me. That was what told me I'm going to do this. I just need to find the right people for the job. And yes, this is why I started this podcast is because it took me five years of surgeries, 10 different surgeries, 10 different surgeons, believe it or not, and me reading my own medical reports and standing up for my own self to get to where I am. And it didn't end 
with the decision to amputate, I was then I was studying and researching doctors that did amputation, how many they did, how comfortable they were with it, how specific they would get with me and talk about it, how many times they would allow me come to see them. And if they, I had three doctors. One was an adamant, I'm not touching you, it'll make it worse and you will never walk again. Literally, that's what someone told me. And he walked out of the room. Another one said, you know what, I have some things I want to try. I think I can fix you. Keeping in mind, I had done five years of research on Eastern and Western medicine and done everything in the book to the point that all the surgeons that came after the next and the next and the next all said, I've never seen a patient do as much as you've done and tried as much as you've tried. You've hit everything. So I had done everything, but I humored him uh, when his first little fun test didn't work out the way he thought it would. I said, no, I don't want you to try anything else. I'm done. And he goes, okay, let's amputate. And I'll tell you right then and there, I was like, whoa, buddy. <clears throat> Just because I said I want to amputate doesn't mean I want you to do it. And I had to walk out of that office. I never did call him back. That was not the right person because he only had about two or three amputations under his belt in his career. And I did not want to be one of the first um, to experience something like that. And then um, the doctor I went with, who I adored and respected, uh, bedside manners, amazing at what he does, confident but not cocky, and down to earth, and just everything, he checked everything off in the book, and he was also a surgeon I went to before for salvage surgery, and he said he couldn't help me then. So I knew he wasn't just eager to get the business. So he had already turned me away once to try to fix me, said, I can't fix that. That's, it's, it's not something I can do. It's just not fixable. And um, so when I went back and he's like, yeah, now I can help you. This is where you're at, and this is appropriate to be where you're at. And then he saw me a couple more times. <coughs> especially after the one doctor told me that I'd never walk again. And, you know, um, that was right away. He called my prosthetist and said, I have someone I want you to meet. She's thinking about doing this. We're going to get her on the books, but she's going to have time to think about it. And you know what they did? They gave me their cell phone numbers. I went into the office, and from that point, they met my family, so my kids could see the one. David is an amputee himself, an above knee. So he was able to show us what it looked like to wear a socket, what his leg looked like, which was a whole new um, physical dimension for me. Um, he gave me his cell phone number so I could call him at any time. He said if I had anything that freaked me out or anything that worried me, and he was the actually the very first call after that doctor told me I'd never walk again. Um, I was in the, the parking lot. I made it out of the building, but I got to the parking lot and sobbed. Um, because I knew this is what the path I had to go, but now I was really unsure of my decision, you know, and I had to own it, right? If I'm an elect to do this, I have to own it and I have to, I have to live it to the best of my ability. But what if, you know, I was worried about all the what ifs I, had, I had younger children, which they were teenagers at this time, but you know, what if something happened on the table and I didn't get revived and what if I couldn't wear a prosthesis because my scarring was so bad it hurt still too much even after getting rid of the joint. What if, what if, what if, you know. 
And so when I called David and told him this doctor told me I'd never walk again, he said, you get that out of your mind. Look at me. I play basketball. I'm out there hiking. I'm camping. I do all the things I want to do. Don't even give it a second thought. And that's exactly what I needed to hear. And then right after him, I called my, my surgeon and I said, I need to talk to him. I need to just ask some more questions. I have some concerns. And they said, he has an opening now, if you can get here in 30 minutes. And I'm like, yes. And, um, he, um, he was great. He pointed to my leg exactly where we were going to cut. So I knew the feel exactly where it was going to be and how that would be. And I was, everything was great at that point. My prosthetists were there at every turn. They fought for my insurance with me. They knew what angles I needed to take. They knew what numbers I needed coding for so that I could prep that before the surgery and make sure it was covered with my insurance. I mean, they were helping me. But keep in mind, I also had to do legwork. <laughs> no pun intended. Sorry about that. That's bad. I'm sorry. That leg jokes. Ooh. I hope you all heard that. That was thunder or lightning right outside my window. And I saw it before that hit and I was waiting for it. So that was the pause. Dang, that storm's coming in closer. Um, yeah, no, no pun intended, but my leg jokes are getting worse and worse. I think every podcast, um, maybe it's because it's late. I don't know. Maybe it's because I had a glass of wine. I don't know. But anyways, I had to do all the work. Like, they didn't sit there and, and do it all for me. I would ask questions. They would direct me. So I had never done this before. So I didn't really know what to ask, but I kept asking questions as they arose. I would write stuff down if I didn't couldn't call them right away. And I'd have a couple questions. You know, what do I need to know when the insurance tells me it's covered? Do I want to re-ask it a different way so I know that they're hearing what I'm asking? You know, things like that. Um, even with best laid plans and them helping me when it came time for me to get my parts, my insurance company, the month after my amputation, even though I was told that the parts were all covered, they changed the wording by like two words, which then made it not inclusive with my insurance. And then I had a fight on my hands. And then that's when it became, um, cutthroat and ruthless and I called my insurance company every single day for four weeks. Um, Fridays, I tell everybody, was the worst because I knew that no one was working Saturday or Sunday, and I would have to just stew on it. And if you are an amputee or becoming an amputee, you understand that every single moment means something. Like, And that's what I told the insurance company. I understand you think I'm a, a case number, but my name is Angie. And I'm a mom and I'm trying to serve my kids football team and their baseball team. And I'm doing this on crutches. My wrists are starting to hurt. My shoulders are hurting from the crutches. I'm in pain. Um, this is what you told me. And now I had my surgery after I was confirmed. And then you took it away from me. You know, will you hang up the phone? I still have to go make dinner. You know, I made them realize I was a person. And um, I know that helped me along the way. So a little word of advice, please make sure if you're thinking about amputation, you do all that leg work. They do have it all audio taped because even though they told me I'd have to subpoena them for my own audio tape re recordings to fight it, 
I did have everybody telling me that they did see that I called four times and they did see that that was approved four times um, prior to my surgery. So at least they were honorable in that, I guess. Um, but it was still a fight. Now back to prostatists. <clears throat> I don't think like doctors, there's really no bad in the prosthetic world. I think anybody in the corporate prosthetic world, meaning they work in a business, a big business, they have guidelines that they are directed to work with. And that might be, you can only do this many appointments in a day. They can only last an hour. No matter what, you have a next appointment coming in, things like that. That's why I stayed away from big corporate companies. And I won't name any, but that's why I stayed away from them. If they were a name that is spread all over the nation, that's a big corporate company. They have corporate rules. There are, there are people in their board and, and on their, on their, um, the directors that dictate how the business runs in every location. I went with the limb center. They had worked in big corporate and they branched off and created their own company. And it's just the two of them. And it's a prosthetist and assistant prosthetist. That is it. And, um, you know, small, they were concise. There were times, I'm not kidding you, when I may have spent four hours with them, when I was struggling with a neuro, uh, neuroma, a, a symptomatic neuroma in the back of my thigh. I remember just sitting there and Randy and I would just brainstorm and brainstorm and brainstorm what we could do to change the shape of my, my socket so it wouldn't hit the neuroma so I could walk. And so that is the stuff you look for. But again, my personality works with their personality. They have had to turn people away because people come in and they clash. They, they want it now. They want it perfect. They want it done quick. And you know what? There really isn't that. You, if you want quick, you're going to probably get something that feels like it's been put together quick. If you want thorough, you might have to wait some time and you may have to put in some effort to explain exactly what you're feeling and where to the point where it's almost impossible, especially with nerve pain. My foot's on fire right now. Where is it coming from? Well, it has to be coming from an actual tissue space. Where? Where is it hitting? And I'd have to explain it to Randy and we would recreate the pain, take my socket off and put pressure. And there were times where he'd put pressure and it would make me jump out of my seat. But that was the only way he could figure out how the socket was fitting me and what it was doing to me. So I think there are, everybody has their way of doing it. Like what I, last week I put out the skin fit socket video and loved the feedback. You know, most of you were really gracious. Oh, that's what it looks like. Thank you for sharing. That's awesome. I was wondering. And there were others that said, oh, I hated the bag you used. I went to do it this way. Oh, I didn't like that way. I used this way. There was three different people that talked about three different ways they put the socket, bag, the socket on. And to each his own, right? The bag works for me. It doesn't create a problem and it's easy enough. If you use an ACE bandage and it works for you, more power to you. You figured out what works best for you. What works for me, I'm not saying works for you. I put the video out as an educational video to show people what a skin fit socket looks like. Then it came down to, well, my prosthetist doesn't want to 
do that. He doesn't think I'm the right person for it. I think he doesn't want to spend the time to make it. I would not tell you that it took my prosthetist any more time to do this, but he knew my personality and I am an athlete and I go all the time and I sweat. I have a long limb. I do not have um, infection issues. You know, some people that have diabetes and stuff, you guys are dealing with infection rates. That's probably not the socket for you because there's going to be chafing. Most definitely, there'll be chafing at the beginning of every time you put a new one on. I chafe or I will blister and I will wear it the next day and I will just deal with that blister until it wears off and, and, and disappears. My body just gets used to it. But I would not advise that for some of you. And if you're not really, you know, I'm like, I'll go out hiking four or five miles and our rugged terrain with rocks and climbing and everything. And I'll get out and I will surf in mine and I will, well, I don't ski in my socket, but you know, I will do those things. I go to the gym. When that happens, I need the best fit. So it's as close to feeling like I have a leg, my normal leg there. When I do all those activities, the more layers, the liner and the socks that you have to use to put on, the less it feels connected to you. I mean, that makes sense, right? If it's skin fit, it's skin to socket. Liners or any of those others, you have a liner that's a thick, thick rubber liner. And then as you shrink and change, you add socks. And the more socks, and I've been there, I've had that one. The more socks that there are, the less you feel connected to your leg and then it feels like you're dragging this piece of machinery alongside you. So your prosthetist, the, the person that wrote that, your prosthetist may know you well enough, but trust your gut. I would say that is 90% of it. You know when you walk into your appointment for your prosthetist, if it feels good or if it doesn't. Not your leg, the vibe. And it's about the relationship. That's why I wrote Till Death You Part. I wanted to make sure that the person I went to is someone that I could deal with for the rest of my life. Because we all know it isn't growing back. I'm not a lizard. You know, not growing back the tail kind of thing. And you have to understand that when you become an amputee, just because you get your first leg and socket, that's just the beginning. There's going to be issues along the way. Every once in a while, I'll write to my guy and be like, I must have lost weight because this isn't fitting right anymore. What do I need to do here? You know, and he's like, well, why don't we take a look at it? Why don't you come in? I haven't talked to him in a while because thank God, I mean, the less you talk to him, the better. That means things are good. But there was times and I, I think I've posted the picture. I'm going to put it on this one, this podcast. So if you go to my website, www.bawarrior360.com, I, I always upload my podcast to that. And it goes out onto the podcast platforms too. But then I do a little write-up and I actually add pictures. I'll put a picture of me with all my sockets over the last three years. And you'll see for every one of those sockets, the hours that went into making those, fixing them, altering them, getting them to fit right, reheating things, whatever. Um... You know, if I've got 13, 14 sockets, and that was within three years, you know, I mean, do the math. 
That's that's not, I mean, that's a lot of sockets. So I spent a lot of time my first three years there. So you need to like them. You need to feel like you're being respected by them, that they're, they're really invested in you, not just you're a number. And you know what? You deserve that. So if you don't feel that way and you don't feel loved, oops, and I'm t- pulling apart my my whole microphone here. If you don't feel loved by your prosthetist and accepted for who you are, where you're at, then you, it's okay for you to shop around. Don't worry about offending them. Worry about what your life quality is like. If your life quality isn't good because you don't feel like your prosthetist is taking the time to really hone in your socket to fit you and make you feel comfortable, or he blames you for the uncomfortableness or tells you, You'll just have to deal with it, but you feel like it could be better. And I'm not saying mine's perfect. I hurt, like right now, I'm hurting. My foot is burning. Um, it is, you know, 8.30. It's been on since 6.30 this morning, and I've been all over creation and, and back. Um, but, you know, you have to know the difference between what we're going to normally go through as an amputee and what is not acceptable. So if you can barely fit it on or there's pain somewhere, you need to find the answers to that and why. Shop around. If you are going to become an amputee, shop around. Don't just take the first person someone tells you about. You may not like the limb center. That's who I like. But you might like a different one or the big corporate. You might like that feel. Every one of us is different. So for someone to say, I've heard bad things about this, or this person, or this company. Can anybody enlighten me? Because I don't want to go there if that's what it's... You know what? You need to go there anyways and shop those prosthetists and see what it's like and follow your gut. I think that if we would just listen to our gut more and stop thinking that we're overreacting or something, we might actually find more happiness. Follow your gut on this. If you feel like they're distracted or they didn't give you the time of day, and it could be a bad day on their part, but if it's your first meeting, they should be doing their best on the first meeting. If anything, it gets worse after that. But if you don't feel comfortable on your first meeting, that's a tell. I mean, that's a tell that that's you maybe aren't the right fit for each other. So I would just truly suggest... If you are an amputee and you're in a situation where you just are not getting the fit you need or feel like it could be better, but of course you don't know because you have nothing else to go by, right? As an amputee, we don't. Um, Go see somebody else. Find someone else that's in your network and just go talk to them and say, hey, this is what I've got. Here's who I see. What do you think? What do you see? Get a different set of eyes on it. And maybe they're going to be worse. Maybe they'll be better. Cross that bridge when you get there, right? So do your homework. And if you are becoming an amputee, you know it's in your future or you know someone that's that in that direction or you're the caregiver or support system for someone that's gonna, that needs you as a voice, please make sure they shop around. Make sure your family feels comfortable, your support system feels comfortable with who is taking care of you because they are the people you see more than anybody. I don't see my surgeon anymore. I don't see my PT for uh, amputee anymore. 
I see my prosthetist like every few months. He's the one that I need to match with till death do us part, right? So like you would go into your marriage, you wouldn't just marry the first person off the street and then take that vow. Don't just marry up with your first prosthetist because you think it's hard to find them. They're there. You just got to do some work. So this week, if you're in that boat, do that. And you know what? For those of you that aren't on this journey, it goes the same thing for doctors. You have every right to get the care that fits you, your personality and your needs. And if that person that you walk in the door and talk to doesn't feel like they're paying attention to you, doesn't seem like they really get you, they're not really listening, they don't have really good bedside manners, or they're just quick to just diagnose and and treat you and get you out, out the door, maybe check with somebody else. Just my opinion. Anyways, it's Valentine's Day. I know when this goes out, it won't be, but I hope you all had a great Valentine's Day. And I hope you got some kind of benefit out of this talk. And I hope you enjoyed our Arizona thunderstorm and the whipping winds that's going on out there. It's absolutely nuts here. And I hope you're in a place that maybe is getting warmer. I don't know. I thought that's that's where I lived, but I don't know. I think we're combating with the Midwest right now with temperatures. It's snowing up north here in, in Flagstaff, so we're getting more snow. We have feet, feet upon feet upon feet of snow up north. But anyways, I digress. Until next time, as always, be healthy, be happy, be you.